Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Get it checked, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot, I'ma take the last shot. I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bitting on me? It's time to get it checked, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Alrighty, guys, we are here for another episode of the Auto Bid. I am Aaron Robertson, joined by my twin brother Andrew Robertson. We got a super fun episode for you guys today, man. We got head coach Speedy Claxton of Hofstra men's basketball going to join us a little bit later. Uh, they're heading into a game tomorrow uh, at Towson University, man. So definitely super excited to get you guys to that interview, man. And there was a ton of action over the weekend, man. Too much uh, to recap, man. So Definitely going to get into that, man. Also give you guys some games to look forward to. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys, as always, to make sure you guys are tuning into our content, man. Give, give, give us a like, a retweet on Twitter, man. Give us a, a five-star rating on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to our podcast, man. Subscribe, please. Please subscribe uh, to, to, our, to our podcast, man. Give us a rating. Give us a comment, man. The engagements do go a long way, man. So we definitely appreciate everybody who's been – Tapping in with us, man. It's been following along this journey with us, man. It definitely does go a long way, man. As we enter into 2022. Also, man, I want to remind you guys to uh, listen to my guy, Pull Up Tay. His music, uh, his project, Why Stop Now, is out on all platforms, man. One of the hardest ar- artists out of the DMV area right now, man. He's, he's on an intro and on the outro, man. So make sure that you guys are tuning into his music as well, man. But, man, just, it was a great weekend of college basketball, man. And, Obviously, a lot of upsets uh, from the mid-major landscape and in the, in, in the uh, obviously the high major, the high major games. So we're gonna we're gonna break down a little bit of that uh, later on, man. But Drew, man, how you doing, bro? Good, man. You know, like you said, man, it was a great slate of college basketball this weekend. You know what I'm saying, man. So definitely, I'm um, excited to you know go over some of those games, man. Chop it up with you about that, man. You know, and then looking forward to the college football playoff tonight, national championship game. You know, it should be a fun one. I know Ace is going Bama, so I guess by default I gotta go Georgia. You know what I'm saying? By default, you know, you know, we we, we don't agree too much on this podcast. So if Ace don't go Bama, I gotta go Georgia, I guess. But you know, other than that, man, I'm I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, I I, I I don't think it'll be a fun one. Um, I think Bama's gonna is gonna. I won't say they're gonna annihilate Georgia, but you know, they won by 17 in the SEC title game. I think we'll see something similar to that. You know, 14, 17, 21, something like that. Um. I just don't think Stetson Bennett is going to be the quarterback to beat Nick Saban in a national championship game. And we've seen Deshaun Watson do it, seen Trevor Lawrence do it. None of those guys are walking through that door for Georgia, man. And uh, I think I think Saban walks away with another one today. And uh, Bryce Young caps off with an amazing season with the Heisman and a national title. Yeah, we're going to save this clip from Bad Takes Exposed on Twitter. It's going to be on the Bad Takes Exposed on Twitter. So we're going to save this take, man. But – Nonetheless, man, like you said, man, it was some crazy games this week, man. I had the opportunity to watch that uh, Duke and Miami one, man, which is crazy to see, man. First of all, shout out to my guy, Chris Caputo, man. 
You know, it was a friend of ours that we had all facts. One of the first coaches that we had on, I believe it was episode two of our Coach's Corner, man, back in uh, 2020, we were getting this thing off the ground, man. Uh, his Hurricanes got a big-time win. Shout out to Coach Larry Nega, you know, still doing his thing, man. Uh, shoot, I mean, I had an opportunity to watch that game, man. It was a thriller, man. I mean, I, I, I thought the game was over once Duke got that fast break dunk, you know, to go up three. You know, the next thing you know, Charlie Moore comes down, hits that circuit shot at the basket. And, um, you know, McGusty obviously falls, falls that up and gets a bucket and puts the Canes back up. And, um, I mean, Miami is the team that I think a lot of people underestimated coming to the season. You know what I'm saying? People didn't really know how good they were going to be. And when you look at their roster, you know, I remember Cameron McGusty burning the ace up at Cobbin a couple years ago. You know what I'm saying? I think he had 20-something, you know. So I always I always remember that, you know, from about two years ago, you know. And uh, he's, he's obviously still doing his thing. Charlie Moore still doing his thing. Jordan Miller, shout out to him, man, former George Mason Patriot over at Miami. I believe he had 17 um, in that game. You know, and I, Isaiah Wong, you know, I believe he's a, I believe he's a Philly boy, if I'm not mistaken, man. But he's out there, you know, on his Dykeman status. It seems like every time a play broke down for Miami, they just gave it a one, they gave the ball to one of those three, and they went off the bouncing and got a bucket, man. And, you know, I think it, it, it's pretty good formula to have, you know what I'm saying? When a play breaks down, you know, say you got guys that can get a bucket one-on-one. So, I mean, Miami, man, the 5 0 on the ACC, you know, to get a winner with the number two ranked team in the country in Cameron Indoor. Um, Maybe I guess I guess we'll turn into a what two bit ACC now? What do you think? First of all, I want I want I want to stop you talking about Cameron Gussie burn me up. He he ain't burn me up. You know what I'm saying? I definitely wasn't the only one that got a part of that. Even got 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 quite a few of those as well. Also, Chris Likes was was in his pockets that uh, that game as well. And I will say. You guys are forced to be in a gap for me. As you know, at Cobbin State, we value our gaps in a defensive principle, man. And, and anytime you have a guy coming down the court in transition, you know what I'm saying, he's pulling up from three-point line. I, I, I was getting my, 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 my uh, contestant, you know what I'm saying. Why didn't he told us? He wasn't, he wasn't able... going by you, though. He wasn't going by you. He was just yeah. burning you up. He was burning you up. Ain't no listen, gap for a three. Listen, you know why he's talking about that heels on the three-point line, you know what I'm saying? We don't want to overstay on defense. I had my heels on the three-point line, and I got me a contest. And he made a teammate a couple tough shots. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But, hey. We yeah. live with those on this side, man. A, a, a nice contested three in, in transition over contest. We live with those. We, we, we died that day. We died that day. Hey, man, yeah. we, we, we died that day, man. But, hey, we, we was in Miami for, before Christmas. We enjoyed our, our little our little pre-Christmas uh, vacation, you know what I'm saying? And it ended up being a great night, man, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I ain't mad at it. But, I mean, my, Miami, Miami definitely um, proved something, I think, I think, in that game versus Duke, man. Obviously, you know, they were a team that nobody really had any type of expectations for coming into this year. You obviously lose Chris Likes uh, to Arkansas, who had been kind of the, the focal point of that program for the last three years. Um, and then obviously you, you retain Cameron McGusty, got Isaiah Wong back. Um, and then obviously you, you bring in a guy like a Charlie Moore um, from DePaul. Obviously he's, he's a, a journeyman in college basketball. He's been, been well, everywhere in Kansas, been, been to California, DePaul. And now he's over at his fourth stop here, sixth year senior at Miami. You know what I'm saying? This is, I mean, he's a former Donald American uh, out of high school, man. You know what I'm saying? Very, very talented kid. And obviously, he's you know showing us that at Miami. Obviously, Jordan Miller also grad transfer out of Jordan Mason, but he had a uh, you know litany of options in the pro this year, man. Obviously, you have a Hall of Fame coach in Jim Larandega. Um, you're all gonna gonna be gonna be in game, man. But they are now um, undefeated. In the in the SEC, sitting atop the standings at five and zero, the only undefeated team in the ACC, man. So I think, you know, as much as that loss kind of you know dropped Duke in the standings, man, they're still 
a top 10 team in the country. They're right now eighth in the AP poll at 12 and two. They're still the prohibitive favorite um, in the ACC. They'll probably still end up on the one line, you know, depending on how things happen in, in other conferences. But I think this, this, this win was, it was excellent for the ACC because now you really have a team, I think in Miami, um, that can, you know, bonafide is, is now in that at-large picture. I mean, that, that win over Duke is definitely a signature win, one that you can hang your hat on. They're coming in at 13-3, and three, and they don't really have any bad losses. I mean, they're, they're three losses. They haven't, they haven't lost since November. I mean, and we're now, you know, more than a week into January. I mean, obviously, the three losses came um, earlier. Obviously, they had two in that Disney tournament to uh, Dayton, who ended up winning the tournament. And then Alabama, who at the time was a top-10 team in the country, they've kind of struggled a little bit lately. Um, and then they lost to UCF. Um, by six um, in, in the second game of the season, man. So since then, they've been unblemished, man. They, they've honestly, you know, put together, you know, a couple quality wins after they beat Wake Forest, who got off to a great start this year. They, they got a win over Syracuse. Obviously, we mentioned the win over Duke. Um, and so now I think you're really talking about a team. Clemson, obviously, also is a team that, you know, is going to be hanging around that at-large, you know, bubble category. Um so they've been able to put themselves in a place where I think I think they're now you know definitely um, looking at it at large. But as long as they don't you know falter down the stretch in the ACC, man. But obviously you got Duke, you got now Miami, um, Virginia Tech is zero and three in the ACC, man. That is that is probably the most surprising thing that I that, that I've taken away from this. You know Virginia Tech team. Obviously I saw them versus Maryland early in the year, man, and, and obviously they were able to, to beat Maryland. Maryland obviously is off to an zero and four start, so that might say more about you know, Maryland and anything, but um, Virginia Tech is a team that I think coming into this year, man, people have expectations for, you know, to be an NCAA tournament team, man. You know, they have just struggled um, this season, man, and now coming off, you know, they're 0-3 in the ACC, 8-6 in the in the ACC. I mean, 8-6 overall, 0-3 in the ACC. I think they're now talking about they don't win the ACC tournament. They're probably not getting a bid to, into March, man. So North Carolina has struggled lately, man. I mean, obviously um, they're able to beat Virginia, but – you know, a loss to Notre Dame. Um, they got absolutely obliterated um, by Kentucky a few weeks back, lost by 30 points. Uh, uh, you know, and then obviously um, they just haven't really looked really looked the part. Man, they're obviously still, still, you know, not completely out of at-large territory. Um, they they had gotten some good wins. Obviously, beat Michigan, who's, who struggled. Um, but the ACC, I think now, I mean, you're looking at if if, if I mean, shoot, man, I, I really don't know, man. Like, I I think. You know, Wake Forest thirteen and three, but they they don't really have any quality wins on their resume. And Louisville is ten and five, but you know, obviously they, they had some loss that hurt. I don't know how many bids ACC gets. I mean, it's looking like two, maybe three at this point in time uh, for the ACC, man. So I don't know, man. We got a long season to go and a lot of basketball to be played, man. But ACC could 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 legitimately be a two or three bid league this year come March, man, which would be an absolute disaster uh, for that league. Yeah, man, I think knowing, knowing the committee, they're going to find a way to get probably five, at least five ACC teams in there somehow. There's no somewhere. way to get five. There's no way I, to get five. You know how the committee There's is, man. There's no they're way gonna, to get five they value, teams. They value these power, these power five teams, man. I feel like it's going to be – I could see Carolina, Duke, Miami. I don't know after that. Like, I don't know after they're that. They're going to find a way to get some teams in. Who are you putting gonna, in? Clemson? Clemson. Who is Syracuse might go on a run. I mean, you never know. They're Syracuse is seven and eight. Out. They're finished. They're gonna they're get done. hot at the right time, though. You never know. They're you seven and know. eight, one and three in the ACC. They're done. They, they don't win the ACC tournament. They're done. 
They're we finished. know Florida State is always, you know, a contender. You know what I'm saying? They might not have gotten off to a hot start, but the committee loves Leonard Hamilton. I mean, it, trust me, by the end of the March, I, I wouldn't be surprised if AC had five teams in, yeah, which no. is still low, but I think, it, I think it's possible. But right now, you know, we're obviously trending – Obviously, in the more two, three bid range. But one thing I will say, the ranking just came out today. It's Monday. And we have three Pac-12 teams in the top six. UCLA is coming in at three. USC is coming in at five. And Arizona is coming in at six, man. I mean, this is from, you know, the Pac-12. We had, I think, I believe four teams in the Sweet 16 last year because Oregon was in there, um, as well as USC, uh, UCLA, and uh, what was the other one? I think it was four. Oh, Oregon State, of course, made the made the Elite Eight. I think they had three Elite Eight teams and four Sweet 16 teams. I mean, the Pac-12 obviously got off to a fast start again this year, man. So, I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, you know, Oregon struggled thus far, but, you know, the Pac-12 was looking strong. They might have, what, you know, three teams that could be on the one or two line in, 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 in UCLA, USC, and Arizona. You know, that could be on the one, two line out of that Pac-12. So, um, I don't know, man. It's, it's been a crazy season so far. Crazy, crazy season. Yeah, uh, I think the word strong for the Pac-12 is a stretch, uh, to, to say the least. They have, they're very top-heavy, very top-heavy. They top have heavy. three of the worst high majors in the country in their league. And, I mean so – They have three of the best teams in the country, too. Three of the best five, six teams in the country. That's true, but they also have Oregon State, Washington, and Utah. Oregon State is 3-10 and 10 on the year. I don't even have the Ken, let me look and see if I can find these Ken. I don't know if I, I don't even have the Ken Pop numbers up in front of me, but they are for sure probably bottom two, 200, 250 team uh, in Ken Pop. Washington has been horrendous all year, six and seven. And the then bottom. Utah just lost to Oregon State. They're one and five in the Pac 12. We're not going to dwell on the bottom because if we dwell on the bottom of the, of the ACC, or they the are better than the bottom of the Pac 12. The bottom of the ACC is better than the bottom of the Pac-12. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's not close. 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 Washington, Oregon State. Washington and Oregon State are two of probably the four worst high major teams in the country. Guaranteed. Those are two. If you had in the four worst, those two, Georgia, Pitt, those are two of the worst four in the country. For sure. They have two of them. Hey, man, there's a lot of bad high men out here. But we're not talking about the bad. We're talking about the good and the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. And even then, I don't know. I'm not – I'm not. I mean, USC, USC is a great team. USC, USC, I want to see, USC is a good team. But they haven't played anybody. They have not beaten anybody. Like, they, their, their best win right now is San Diego State, who obviously just beat the dog crap out of Colorado State. And, great and, win. That is their best win. That's, I mean, that's their only was, top 50 win. Solid. That's their only top 50 win of the season. Defending ACC champ Georgia Tech is solid, you know? It's solid. Georgia Tech stinks. It stinks. Hey, <laughs> Let's stop what we're doing here. Yeah, we got to give it the benefit of the doubt. This is an Elite Eight program we're talking about here, all right? An Elite Eight program from, from a season ago, all right? So we're going to give them the respect that they deserve. Yeah, they're the worst high-major team in the country. Um, and, and it's hey, not who? Oregon who? State. Oh, although I'm, I'm thinking of USC, you know, coming off the Elite oh, Eight last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get USC their flowers for now. Um, but I want to see them, you know, beat some quality teams, man, because that, that is one thing that we have not have not seen them do. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I, I will say, speaking of USC, though, we're talking about Andy Enfield, you know, potential Maryland candidate. I think I think he would look good at, you know, good at UMD, you know, but – Ace, man, what about these Kevin Willard chants that were going down? Yeah, I was, that's what I wanted to get to. Like, 
they're chanting Kevin Willard's name in the Xfinity Center. It is, I mean, we have gotten to that point at the University of Maryland where they were literally chanting his name during the game. Like, I'm talking about, like, Maryland playing Wisconsin, and they are chanting Kevin Willard's name in the Xfinity Center. Obviously, Kevin Willard coming off a huge win over UConn uh, the other day, man, in a thrilling game that I had the opportunity to watch. Um, and Maryland is obviously 0-4 in the Big Ten, 8-7 overall. And poor Danny Manning, man, the interim head coach over there, is coaching the game. And he has to listen to fans chanting Kevin Willard's name from the stands uh, in the Xfinity Center. I mean, that that was absolutely mind-boggling to see, man. And obviously, Kevin Willard's doing a great job at Seton Hall. They're now 11-3 and and ranked 20th in the newest AP poll. But, man, how – I mean, I mean, the, the state of Maryland basketball probably has never been worse. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, we, we probably have to go back to the – to the to the the Len Bias days, or even even before that, when Lefty Giselle, I believe it was, uh, went went through them sanctions, and Walt Williams had to come through and save the program. I mean, this this I, I mean, this is probably the worst Maryland basketball has been since that point, man. Post Len Bias, post that whole scandal, man. So uh, things are, are not looking good in College Park right now, man. I mean, you would think that the fans would learn a lesson after running off Mark Turgeon. I mean, shoot, you guys want to run off Danny Manning? Who's going to be next up in the, in the interim role over there at UMD? I mean, oh, oh, Danny Manning is going nowhere. I, I don't think Danny Manning is walking away from how much he's getting paid. I don't know how much he's getting paid, but I know that I know that uh, Manning probably likes those pictures coming in, man. He's probably enjoying being a being a head coach, a power five head coach again, you know what I'm saying, after his time at Wake Forest. Sure, man, but I mean, she's, man, cut these guys a break. I mean, fans, I mean, listen, the guys inheriting a roster, obviously that was not his. It was originally Mark Turgeon's trying to do the best he can, man. So if there's any UMD fan listening to this, man, please, man, just cut the man some slack. Cut the team some slack. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to get things back on the ropes here, but you, it's not it's not easy to, 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 to do your job as a coach, man, when you guys are chanting another guy's name, man. In the stands, I mean, Jesus. That's for sure, man. Definitely it's it, it not an easy job, man. Things aren't, aren't going to get any easier for Maryland. They're going to go to Northwestern uh, on Wednesday, who already beat them. And then they're going to come home and face Rutgers, who just beat Nebraska by about 50 this weekend. Um, so definitely, and then they're obviously going to see Michigan and Illinois. So they, they, they're definitely going to get a little more difficult before they get easier, man. But Obviously, this, this, this is a mid-major podcast, and we talked a lot about the high majors at uh, the first beginning, beginning portion of this of this podcast, man. But there were also a lot of mid-major games, some upsets uh, that happened this weekend, man. So definitely want to dive into those. Or Drew, what do you got for us, man? What are, you, what are some of your most surprising losses? Uh, what are some of your most surprising results on the mid-major landscape this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the easiest one was the mid-major game of the week. You know, everybody was looking forward to. I know I had my eyes glued to the, to the TV screen watching this one, man. That was San Diego State versus Colorado State. You know, Colorado State's coming into the game, ranked 20th in, in, in the nation. Hadn't lost all year, man. I mean, they get absolutely owned by San Diego State, 79 to 49. Matt Bradley, the DeKalb transfer, goes for 26 and seven boards. Uh, San Diego State, welcome back. Two guys who have been out of the lineup for a substantial amount of time, and, and Trey Pulliam and Lamont Butler. Both of those guys played north of 20 minutes in their return to the lineup. Uh, Lamont Butler contributed 11 points, six rebounds, and three assists, you know, and, and definitely was, was, was integral kind of um, in that game for San Diego State. Um, but, I mean, I think this was – I was just so surprised, man, for Colorado State. I mean, you, you don't expect a top-20 team who hasn't lost a game all year to go and <clears> – <throat> And lose by 30 points. I mean, Grant, they were on the road. And, you know, Grant San Diego State obviously had a chip on their shoulder knowing that, you know, this is a big-time game. But, I mean, that was 
100% the most shocking result of the weekend for me. Definitely was shocking, man. I mean, you, you, the one thing you said during that, during that, during that uh, soliloquy was that it was the mid-major game of the week. And there was another mid-major game of the week that I think might have something to say about that, and that was San Francisco and Loyola Chicago. That, that, that definitely was, was a great game. I know a lot of guys were glued to, to, that, to that game, me, me included. I was like, oh, was like a 2 p.m. game on a, on, I don't even know, like a Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> on Thursday, yeah. But uh, that definitely was a good game. But, no, nah, man, I definitely, I'm with you, man. That, that, that Colorado State game was super surprising for him to lose by 30. Obviously, it, it was it was a road game, um, and it's obviously um, Big House Arena is an extremely hard place to play. Um, that place is jumping over ten thousand people uh, were there, man. Sold out crowd over there in San Diego, man. So definitely not an easy place to play. I wouldn't have been surprised if they had lost the game, but the way that they lost, man, was was what surprised me, man. Obviously, San Diego State. We talked about the defense, man, and this is the thing that that the people don't understand is that. No, they aren't the best offensive team, man, but they're going – that defense travels, man. And they held Colorado State to 27.9% shooting from the floor in that game. 12 for 43. I mean, that is absolutely absurd. Three for 20 from the three-point line um, in that game was, was Colorado State, man. They shot 15%. I mean, anytime you hold a team to 28% shooting from the floor for a game, 15% from three, I mean, that that, that is absolutely unbelievable, man. And, and obviously, Colorado State is no slouch. I mean, they, they were – a top twenty team, you know, coming in, coming into that to that game, man. And defense travels, man. And obviously, that was that was a home game, but their defense is 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 real, man. And that's gonna be something that, that is gonna be is gonna be, you know, they got to deal with that, you know, for 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 opponents um, of the Aztecs throughout the season, man. But I think that that game was big for the Mountain West just because of that. I think if, if San Diego State would have dropped that game, um, now you fall to nine and four uh, on the year, man. Not really, you don't you don't really have any great wins. Obviously, you, you, you got some good wins. Um, obviously, um, that went over St. Mary's was a, was a very good win uh, earlier in the season. Um, they did, but they lost to BYU. They beat Georgetown. Obviously, not, not, not a you know great win at this point in time. Uh, they lose to USC. Um, so that was huge for them, man, to kind of get that win. Now I think if you're the Mountain West, you're you're legitimately a two bit league with San Diego State and Colorado State um, at, at the top of that thing. And then obviously you're going to have some other teams that are going to try to play themselves. Into that, into that mix, namely Boise State um, is going to have opportunity to kind of get into that realm, and even even Utah State. But I think they've kind of hurt themselves with some losses here recently. But um, that was a huge win for the Mountain West, man. Definitely, that San Diego State defense is, is something that is going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with down the line. Not for sure, man. And the last thing I see on this game, man, is, is Matt Bradley. Obviously, like I said, twenty six points, seven rebounds, and I mean, this guy's a super talented player, man. Transferred from Cal, was top five in the Pac twelve the last two years in scoring. You know, and, and you know, he's I think he's finally getting getting into a rhythm. You know, he averaged essentially eighteen points per game the last two years at Cal in the Pac twelve, and you know, he's averaging fifteen point eight right now on the year. So it's kind of gone off to a, I guess you could say a slow start, but you know, he's on a better team now, and um, you know, obviously in a prime time game, you know, he showed why he was one of the best scorers in the Pac-12 over the last few years, man, pulling in 26 points, man. But um, obviously, Ace mentioned the San Francisco and Little Chicago goal game that was an uh, amazing game to watch. Little Chicago was able to get um, a win in that one. I think San Francisco took some questionable shots, man, down the stretch, man. A lot of off-the-dribble threes, step-back threes, and Little Chicago just um, – the, the one thing I would say about that game, man, is that Little Chicago, man – First of all, shout out to, 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 to Drew Valentine, man, because he's done an exceptional job in, you know, maintaining the level of that program post-Porter Moser. But um, just the pace in which they run their offense, the way that they were able to get the shots that they wanted, you know, layups at the rim, man. I mean, I'm watching the game, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, yo, I mean, San Francisco, because there was a point in time where San Francisco was like, all right, two, 
three. Like they just needed a couple of stops to be able to kind of get back in the game and kind of take the lead. And they never were able to do it, man. Lord Chicago was so patient on the offensive end, getting the shots that they were able to get, man. I think that I mean, after after the performance that we saw from Colorado State, I don't think it's a doubt right now that Lord Chicago uh, is the best mid-major team in the country, man. And I mean, worthy of potentially being back in that top 25 uh, discussion. You know, for sure, man. I also want to give Lewis Chicago credit because they played an absolute, you know, trap game. I mean, I obviously, I, I, I want to obviously kudos to Drew Valdez, kudos to Todd Golden as well for being willing to play that game. Both of those guys, you know, kind of listened to the Phoenix Day interview. The game came came through on a win, man, because Lewis Chicago had a bunch of COVID issues. We talked about this on the podcast. They, they hadn't played in nearly a month. After, you know, they played on December 10th versus Vanderbilt, and then they, they didn't play a game. Until until San Francisco on January sixth, so they had nearly a month off um, due, due, due to some COVID pause, and for that to be your first game off of a pause, playing San Francisco on a neutral court, man, is, is a tough thing to do, man. And then obviously they played Lower Chicago at they played excuse me they played uh, San Francisco on a Thursday. I want to say it was like it was like a noon tip off, um, mm-hmm. and then they had to play at a you know obviously they had, they had, they had like a uh, five o'clock I think was the last flight out of. Utah, which is where they played the game, they ended up getting a charter back to Chicago before they had to go to play Bradley on Saturday. And that's a game that they nearly lost, man. I mean, they they needed a miracle shot at the buzzer to force overtime um, and then to to, to survive in overtime um, after, um, against Bradley, against a team who obviously has struggled this year, man. But they were down by 16 uh, in, in the second half of that ball game, man. And obviously they were able to – to, to fight back, man. I think that just shows the character of that little Chicago team to be able to win a game versus San Francisco when you haven't played in dang near a month, fly fly across the country essentially from Utah um, back home to Chicago and then play obviously a Bradley team, you know, at a conference opponent uh, at home and be able to survive and get that win after you're down by 16, man. I mean, that just shows the resilience of that little Chicago team, man. Also just being able to – being willing to play a game like that um, – you know, on such short notice, um, on such short notice, man. So kudos to Drew Valentine for that, and kudos to Todd Golden for being able to be willing to play that game um, against Louis Chicago as well. Sure, man. I think this is a great, you know, segue into my next game that I had to recap, man. You know, speaking of big-time second-half deficits, you know, going to go a little bit under the radar here. Shout-out to my guy Aaron Falzone, man, for, for mentioning this team a couple weeks ago, man, and teams that need to be in our mid-major top 25 poll, man. And uh, that's Princeton. Uh, Princeton was able to get a win over Cornell this weekend, 72-70, to 70, without their best player, you know, Jalen Llewellyn, who uh, went down with the injury at the end of the, that victory over Columbia. Uh, he balled out in that game. I'm hearing that it might be a a hamstring injury potentially, but um, he was carried off of the court in that game versus Columbia. So, you know, we don't know the Ivy League does these uh, weekend games, so he'll have a, a week to rest before the next game against, I believe, Brown. Hopefully he can get back on the court, man. But, you know, Princeton is, is, is the team that's 12-3 and three on the season. They've won seven straight games, man. And in this game against Cornell, they were down by 18 points in the second half with 16 minutes to go. You know, 18 points in the second half. I mean, I know just from a player's perspective, man, it's tough to come back from, man. And, and you're without your best player, your best playmaker, Jalen Llewellyn. Um, and those guys rallied back and were able to, um, to, 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 to get that win, man. So definitely got to gotta give some shout-out. To, to Princeton, man. They're looking like they're the best team in the Ivy League as of today. Um, have a chance to kind of go into March, man. But um, we're going to have a little bit more from that game a little later, man. So I won't, I won't spoil it too much. But um, another big-time game that took place this weekend was, you know, BYU. You know, BYU was able to get a win over St. Mary's 52-43, to man, in an absolute 
rock fight. BYU's leading scorer in this game was Tajan Lucas with the overwhelming 10 points, you know, in, in this one, man. Um, both of these teams try to combine five for 36 from three. Like I said, the final score was 52 to 43, man. And, um, you know, that's definitely not the most entertaining game to, to watch, I would assume, man. But, you know, BYU was able to get a big-time win in WCC play um, over St. Mary's. And uh, obviously a, a result that's definitely going to gonna, – you know, uh, hold some weight when it comes to NCAA tournament time, seeding, even WCC tournament time. Um, we're trying to avoid playing Gonzaga, so um, definitely another, yeah, another uh, big two, two, two big games. One, one big time comeback, and another big time win uh, for a couple, couple of mid majors. Yeah, man. I mean, I think for Princeton, man, definitely. You know, kudos to them for being able to win, win without their best player, Daniel Bellin, who's you know he's a guy. He was at Princeton, you know, when, when me and you were at Quinnipiac, and I don't know if he played in the scrimmage. I think he might have been hurt. For that scrimmage too, I want to say um, when we were um, when we were there at Quinnipiac, man, he's obviously got us battled some injuries in, in his time at Princeton, man. Um, so hopefully he, he can get back on the court, man, and, and be able to be able to be there for his team, man. But Princeton's definitely playing well. I, I don't think I'll put them as, as their favorites in the Ivy League because I think Yale. Um, and I, I trust Coach James Jones. Obviously they've they've you know struggled in the non-conference, but they played an absolute bear of a schedule of the non-conference, man. We actually were going to talk to Speedy Claxton about his Hofstra team, who also played a bear of a schedule of a non-conference member Yale. I mean, they, they, they lost they lost, uh, lost to uh, Seton Hall. Obviously, we talked about Kevin Willard earlier on this podcast. We lost to Vermont, who's probably the favorite in the America East. Also, Stony Brook, who, if they aren't the favorite, they're probably the second-best team in the America East. Um, also, have a loss to Auburn, who's currently ranked four in the country. Lost to Iona, who's the favorite in the MAC. Lost to Monmouth, who's probably the second best team in the MAC, also our top 25 mid-major team at the moment. And they lost to St. Mary's, you know, who was obviously, you know, the, the one of the better teams in the, in the WCC. Um, you know, definitely a top top three, top four team in, in, the, in the WCC. Lost to Southern Utah uh, in, in that Fort Myers tip-off, man. But they've also beaten, you know, some, some solid teams as well, man. So uh, I, th- I think Yale's going to be a team. They're, they're currently on a COVID pause, man. They haven't played um, since December 28th. Uh, they've had their last three games now postponed uh, in in the Ivy League. They're scheduled to play this Saturday against Cornell. So hopefully, they'll be able to get to get that game uh, to get that game played and, and you know get on the board here in the Ivy League. But um, definitely kudos to Princeton, man. We'll definitely have to have to do, do some debating about about them, you know, in our mid major in our mid major top twenty five for next week. No, for sure, man. And, you know, I love how you always set me up, Ace. You know, talking about a, a team a team that has a loss to Auburn, man. This kind of segues me to my next game that had a, a you know major implication, you know, in the mid-major landscape, and that was St. Louis. You know, St. Louis was able to get a win over Iona by one point. It was we got a home win, 68-67, um, in a game that I mean. I was seeing this one, man. Saying, I mean, excuse me. Iona shot four for twenty-two from three, whopping eighteen point two percent. Twenty-two for sixty-two uh, from the field, man. Thirty-five percent. Obviously, that's not going to get it done um, if, if you're a Rick Pitino squad and Iona, man. But you know, I kind of want to talk about St. Louis, man. And I mean, this is a team that obviously people had high, high, high hopes for uh, coming into the year, but. I think that, that, that they're finally starting to catch their stride, man. I mean, these are their four losses this year. Lost to Memphis, lost to UAB by five points, who's arguably the best team in Conference USA. I know they just – they also were upset this beginning. I'm going to get to that a little bit later, you know. But lost to UAB by five, lost to Belmont by five, who's probably, you know, one of, of two favorites in the in the OVC right there with Murray State, and lost to Auburn by four. You know, so your four losses this year are to Auburn, Memphis, UAB, and Belmont. Those are potentially – for NCAA tournament teams, you know, for St. Louis, man. And for them to get a win over Iona, who's one of the top five mid-major programs in the country this year, I think that's huge for the A-10, huge for St. Louis. 
Um, and he's really just a, a confidence boost, man. When you're looking at a template to be able to get a win uh, over Iona on your home floor like that, man. Um, definitely, you know, kudos to the Billikens uh, for able for for being able to pull that off. You know, for sure, man. I, th- I think St. Louis, man. I mean, t- just just to to be able to go through what they've gone through this year, man. Obviously, um, losing an obviously an assistant in the offseason, man. Um, who, who ended up passing away. I'm blanking on the name right now. And then to lose their best player um, before the season even starts, man, and obviously to be able to do what they've done uh, is extremely inspiring. Uh, Coach Travis Ford has done a great job this season, man. I remember I had the opportunity to talk to him at HN Media Days, um, and he spoke about that, man. He, he spoke about kind of just the resilience of this basketball team and the resilience of, you know, his players and how, you know, life at times, you know, you, you're going to have – you know, things happen to you, man, that, that you can't control, man. And um, obviously they've, they've been able to, to weather the storm um, and have, you know, gone through some, 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 some extreme highs and some extreme lows, man. But, you know, definitely um, want to sense a cool sense. Javante Perkins um, was, was, was uh, who, who they lost uh, prior to this, to this year, man. And obviously, man, to, to go through what they've been through, man, and, and to be where they are is extremely inspiring, man. So obviously – um, definitely kudos to them, man. It's just people over Iona is definitely a great win because Iona has been awesome this year. Um, for Iona, man, I mean, that, that that was a great opportunity for them to kind of get another, another resume boost and win as they're kind of, you know, try, trying to play in this at-large picture. We talked about how bad the Pac-12 is. I mean, they're, they're a three-bid league. Talked about how bad the ACC is. They're probably a two, three-bid league. You know, um, the American Conference is probably going to be a one, maybe two-bid league depending on what happens with, with, with Memphis, man. I mean, they, they're taking some losses. So I think if they don't win the conference tournament, they, they might mess around and miss the tournament. And you, you only get Houston. Uh, also, on what we're on Houston, man, I mean, I, I think Kevin Sampson has to be in the conversation for national coach of the year at this point, man, for, for the job that he's done with that team, despite, um, you know, obviously losing Marcus Sasser, man, and the injuries that, 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 that they've, that they've kind of had to endure. Um, that's neither here nor there, nor, nor there, man. Houston, obviously, sitting at 14-2 right now, top 15, top – uh, they're currently ranked 11th in the AP poll, man. But um, to be able to kind of – to be able to, um, you know, weather the storm, uh, I, I think we're talking about Iona, um, you know, as they try to play themselves into this at-large picture. Obviously, they, they had, they had the, uh, the game schedule with Monmouth for this weekend that was, ended up being postponed, which hurt you know, hurts the back. Hopefully, they're going to be able to get that game rescheduled. Um, but definitely, you know, not a not a bad loss. Obviously, St. Louis isn't a bad team, but definitely not a loss that you want to take if you're Iona and you're playing for an at-large bid right now out of the MAC. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely, definitely. And obviously, you know, another major upset this weekend, man, was you know Rice being able to steal a win over UAB. I mentioned this was looking like you know the, the best team. I still think they are the best team in Conference USA. You know, despite that slip up on the road, man, they're, they're sitting at three and one in conference play. 13 and four on the season, man. But, you know, Rice is able to get a win at home, 85 to 80 over UAB, which was definitely one of the more surprising results of the weekend, nonetheless, you know, because, um, you know, UAB obviously is, is like I said, man, many people believe that, that they're going to be a team that comes out of that uh, conference. You would say, obviously, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, Middleton C, and so on and so forth. We have a lot to say about that, you know, but. Granted, um, you know, Rice is definitely was was um, definitely able to pull off one of the more shocking results of the weekend. Uh, 
my Davidson Wildcats, you know, I'm, I'm going to say my Davidson Wildcats because, you know, I've been advocating for them since day one, you know, since, you know, uh, they were able to go on the, on the win streak, man. And they were able to get a 72-68 win over URI to make that their 11th win in a row. Absolutely on fire right now. Foster Lawyer had 19 points in that one, man. So, you know, shout out to Davidson, man. They're absolutely playing amazing basketball right now, man. And, um, Last one I want to touch on, man. I got to give a shout out right here, man. Uh, Detroit Mercy was able to get a win over with Milwaukee 85-60, man, where Antoine Davis dropped 39 points and became the all-time leading scorer, man, in Detroit Mercy. University history, man, basketball history, man. Um, obviously, man, there was a lot going on on, on, on Twitter uh, over over the weekend, man, about him passing the Rashad Phillips and this and that, man. But you know, can't I, I, I can't have a mid-major podcast episode, man, without mentioning this guy, man, who's an absolute scorcher, you know, playing for his dad, Mike Davis, uh, at Detroit Mercy, man. I think he's going to get a chance to play at the next level, um, you know, whether it's a Exhibit 10, G League, two-way call-up, man. I mean, when you can score like like like, like he can um, and feel like he's been able to do all four years of his college career, man, um, it's definitely something to be said about that, man. So um, those are some, kind of some of the major headlines that uh, took place over the weekend, man. A lot of buckets, a lot of wins, a lot of upsets, a lot of comebacks. You know, we, we had it all this week. Yeah, man, definitely kudos to Antoine Davis, man. That guy is a supreme basket. I mean, this, this dude has never averaged less than 23 points per game in college. Like, do people know how absurd that is? Like, I don't think – this dude stepped on campus. Like, this dude stepped on campus as a freshman and averaged 26 points per game. Like, that is absolutely ridiculous for a freshman 26 again. I don't think he wants to say how crazy that is. Like, <laughs> I'd enter the draft. I don't care. <laughs> like, yo, like, this is his worst season statistically, and he's averaging damn near 24 points a game, shooting 40 from the floor and 40 from three, 93 from the free throw line. Like, that is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how people, like, aren't talking about this more. Like, I guess, you know, kind of like, kind of like, like, like LeBron James, people just get bored with greatness, and, and, they, and they don't want to talk about it, man. But, I mean, this dude, this dude, if one of the freaking Pete Maravich, I don't know, I mean, back in the day, this dude scored, like, 3,000 points, man. This dude might have a shot to be the all-time leading scorer in Division One history, man, the way he's going, man. And shoot, with this COVID year, he could probably come back next year and do it again if he wanted to, man. But if I'm him, I'm going to get in that paper, man. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure if he, he wants to come back – and, and break some 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 records, man. He, next year, he could surely absolutely obliterate and, and shatter some records if he tried to come back for a fifth year and, and use that COVID year. And even even more so, they're currently three and zero in the Horizon League, man. So you know, he's getting buckets and, and they're winning games. And obviously, I don't I don't think they're better than Oakland or Cleveland State, man. But hey, they're three and zero right now, man. So you gotta play the games and win the games that are that are in front of you, man. So cool to him for sure for, for getting that done. Wouldn't that be a story, man, if we can get that guy in the NCAA tournament somehow, man? If he can go on a crazy run in March, win the Horizon League, man. I w- when you got a player like that who can go out and drop 40, literally, on any given night, you always have a chance to win any game. I don't care who you are, man. And uh, shoot, man, it's crazy, man. I mean, I, I think I think this is probably what Patrick Baldwin Sr. You know, had a vision when he, when he got his son to come to Milwaukee, you know, his five-star guy, he's going to come and play for his dad. You know, he probably envisioned him coming in, averaging 26 points per game, man. This is how you do it, man. He's going to come in and play for your dad, man, have the ultra green light. That's how you got to do it, man. You know what I'm saying? 25 or better, man. All-time leading scorer, man. You know what I'm saying? You guys got to take some notes from these guys, man. Go ask some questions on how they did it, man. But I'm hoping, man, that, you know, Grant, like you said, man, that it's going to be tough, you know, to defend off the Oaklands and the, and the Cleveland States of the world, man. But one can dream, you know, one can dream about having a, a Antoine Davidson tournament and, and having a max 
Agements like you know platform man against these high major teams man that would be crazy man so you know definitely got to give those guys a shout out. Not for sure man. You, you mentioned Patrick Ball man that that dude's on his uh on his uh what's my man on the court maker floor right now man he only played eight games this year obviously he's averaging thirteen six and, and two assists per game right now man far from my guy Antoine Davis you know twenty six games as a freshman man so he's currently out I think it's like an ankle injury and now they're out they're obviously in no rush. To get him back on the court after obviously his his draft stock is taking a little bit of a hit here, uh, going to Milwaukee, man, and you hate to see it, man, because that guy was a top five player in the country, man, and wanted to do with that of Abram, man, and it hasn't gone well for him, man. So hopefully, you know that guy can can get back on the floor, man, and, and you know help himself out, man, and so, so, he, so he can make some money, man. But uh, we we mentioned you know guys that they can fill it up, man. One guy that can fill it up uh, is Zach Cooks. Uh, at Hofstra, man, who's one of the most electric scores in the country. But obviously, he's he's out uh, right now dealing with an injury, man. But we had the opportunity to talk to his coach, Speedy Claxton, man, uh, on today's episode of the Auto Band, man. And we mentioned Hofstra. Obviously, they, they played a hellacious non-conference schedule, man. And they were able um, to, to get a few wins, man. They, they were able to beat beat Richmond. They were able to beat um, Arkansas, man. They also took, took some losses, man. Lost to Iona. Um Lost to a bunch of good teams along the way, man. Battled with Houston the first game of the year in a thriller. Lost in overtime. The game that they, they probably should have won um, was P.E. Claxton, man, obviously in, in his first year at the helm um, at at um, at Hofstra, man, is doing an outstanding job, man. We had the opportunity to talk to him ahead of that game tomorrow uh, with Towson, man. So want to get you guys over to that interview with Hofstra men's basketball head coach, Speedy Claxton. All righty, guys, we are here with Hofstra men's basketball head coach, Speedy Claxton. This is now the second time that we've been able to have Speedy on with us, man. We were blessed to have him on last season as well uh, when he was in the interim role. But now, obviously, the, the full full head man in charge over there at Hofstra, man. So, hey, thank, uh, thank you for coming on with us today, coach. No problem, man. You guys you guys going to have to stop making me a co-host here. No, nah, <laughs> hey, hey, whenever you want to come on, man, you are you more than welcome to come on over here, man. We can we can go ahead and figure out the 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 you know the, the pay you know uh, a little bit later, man. But you know, <laughs> definitely welcome whenever, man. We know we know uh, officers are probably paying you really well, man. So we don't want to interfere with anything you guys got going on over there. Nah, <laughs> definitely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Nah, for sure, man. But obviously, you know, big game tomorrow. Um, with with, with Towson, you guys down here in the Baltimore area. Um. Obviously, you know, you got to uh, – coming off of a great non-conference, man, had an opportunity to, to test yourselves against, you know, a bunch of tough opponents. Uh, got a win against Arkansas. Um, and also we were able to, you know, play a, a, a bunch of, um, you know, quality, quality non-conference opponents, man. But um, talking about the schedule a little bit, man, I mean, how do you think your, your, your non-conference went, man, and the way that you guys were able to prepare yourself um, playing the, the, the team that, that, that you guys did? Yeah, I thought we had a successful non-conference, you know, Going into the year, um, before we actually started playing the games, you would look at the schedule like, oh, my God, this is brutal. And we thought the same thing, but we, we knew that um, playing that type of, of a schedule would get us prepared for our league. And, um, you know, we, we, we showed how good we, we are. Um, we're battle-tested. You know, we took Houston to the wire. We took Maryland to the wire. We beat, we beat Arkansas. Um, we had some tough games against Iona and Richmond. So, you know, I think I think our non-conference was a success overall for us. We got what we wanted out of it. 
And looking at you guys, you know, roster, obviously, you know, you guys have, you know, are led by, you know, Zach Cooks and Jalen Ray in, in the backcourt, two really dynamic guards. And you guys also took a transfer in, in Aaron Estrada, um, a guy who obviously started his career off at St. Peter's and then went out to Oregon. Um, you know, talk about just, just those guys uh, in the backcourt and what they're able to, to, to do for you guys. Obviously, last time we had you on, you know, we are talking about just the history of, of the great guards that you guys have had mm-hmm. at Hofstra over the last couple of years, man. But talk about what those guys bring to your team. I mean, you know, they, they bring a lot, you know, from scoring to leadership. Um, those two guys in the backcourt, I think, in my mind, um, is the best backcourt in the CAA. Um, you know, when we have both of them on the court, um, they're hard to guard. And then you add Aaron Estrada in, into that mix, and that's, that's, a, that's a tough um, trio right there. Um, you know, Aaron Estrada, he just, he just received his third um, player of the week in the conference. So, you know, um, that, that trio is tough, man. Um, like I said, they, they provide a scoring leadership. They could do everything on the court that you need them to do. They can get to the basket. They can shoot the ball. Um, they pass it. So, you know, when you have good guards at this level, you're going to, you're going to be in a position to win a lot of basketball games. Now, Drew and I actually played against that coach when he was at NJIT. And obviously, he's a guy, I think, I think he might have had like 35 or something like that <laughs> in that game. Here you go. Okay, here you go. <laughs> now, back when he was a sophomore um, at NJIT, and obviously, he, he had an a, a incredible career there. And, you know, when he hit the portal, obviously, um, you know, there were a long line of teams that were, that were, that were recruiting the man. But, I mean, what went into to you guys recruiting him? I mean, what, um, what was the pitch to kind of get him there? And obviously, um, now, you know, halfway through the season, man, what has been your thoughts of him um, through the first half of the season? I mean, you know, the, the pitch was come learn from somebody who plays your position at the highest level. And I think that that's what ultimately um, got him to commit to us here. Um, he knew that I, I played at the highest level. I played his position. So he wanted to, to, you know, he wanted to walk in my shoes. And who's better to learn from than somebody who did it. Um but he's been fantastic. You know, the last couple of weeks here, he's been sidelined with an injury. But we, we hope to get him back here pretty soon and he can pick up right where he left off. Now, I want to talk about, you know, your, your philosophy. I mean, you guys have – right now you guys have five guys who are, are averaging north of uh, 11 points per game. Um, you also, you know, got a dang near double-double machine. Uh, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but um, – Abayomi Iola, I want to say. But you guys have six guys, man, that are producing at a high level, man. Just talk about, you know, what is your philosophy as a coach? Um, what goes into you guys being able to put up points and have that many guys that can contribute on night and night out pieces? Well, it's an equal opportunity offense. Um, you know, we we like to share the ball, and we know we got scorers slash shooters. Um, so we try to preach that we don't need any hero shots. Um, no heat check shots. You know, we like to move the ball, move people, and just take your shot. If you have a shot that you know you could make and you love it, take it. But don't force anything because we don't need to waste possessions. Um, we have too, too good of players to, to take bad shots. Um, you know, bad shots lead to easy baskets on the other end for opponents. So we just try to take our shots and take good shots and quality shots. And we know if we take quality shots, um, we have a good chance of making them with the players that we have. 
Now, you got dropped in one earlier uh, in the year to, to, to William & Mary, obviously, to start the CAA play. Um, then we're able to bounce back and beat James Madison, obviously, in a game that, you know, uh, obviously, without, without Zach Cooks. Um, and now you're getting ready to play against Towson, who's, who's kind of gotten off to a surprising start in the CAA as well. I mean, talk about, you know, the, the, the mindset of your team after kind of dropping that William & Mary game, then be able to come back um, and beat a James Madison team that, that has been pretty impressive in, in our conference. Yeah, that was, that was a tough loss for us. Um, but hopefully um, – we we will learn from that loss. You know, we we weren't only without Zach Cooks that game. I mean, Zach played about five minutes, but then um, I started forming and Dawn Stone Dubar, who's who's been playing sensational for us. Also, um, he went out with an ankle injury, so we were without pretty much two starters, and then, um, we just missed a bunch of shots that we we normally would make. We had about ten shots go in and out. Um, you know that's and that's uncommon for us, and that's 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 kind of what happened um, against William Murray. And we made we we made some boneheaded plays down the stretch that really cost us the game because we actually played bad, but we still could have won the game. We're still in a position to win the game. Um, the last two possessions that we 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 had there, I mean, I, it was just something you you've never seen, and something that I'd never want to see again. <laughs> Um, now I want to talk about you, Coach. I mean, obviously, you know, last year you were in the interim role and you know, from being upgraded from being assistant. And now, you know, it's, it's your show. You know, you're the head coach now. Uh, what has been the difference, you know, for you from last year to this year? Um, what are some things that, that you've learned, um, you know, in your first, you know, full year at the helm? I mean, you know, the final decision is mine. Um, you know, when I was an assistant coach, I was like by – you know, all the players, all the players love me. But now that I, I, I transitioned into the head coach and I'm in charge of the minutes and playing time and all that, uh, you know, guys tend not to like you as much. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the biggest difference. And, you know, I, I, I just try not to take it personal. And I know that that's just what it is when you're a head coach. Every guy on your team – it isn't going to be a fan of yours. Um, but, you know, that's – it comes with the territory, man. Yeah. Now, tomorrow you guys got Towson, obviously, who is off to a great start this year at 10 and 5. They're extremely talented, obviously, with, you know, Cam Holden and obviously transfers that, that they brought in. And well as the guys they returned with Charles Thompson and Nick Timberlake and Jason Gibson and all those guys, and you know, who you obviously had an opportunity to play against in the league for, for, for a while. But what are you kind of looking forward to? Um, what, what, what's your mindset kind of going to that game tomorrow um, versus Towson? Towson's a really good team. They, they, they got a, a bunch of – Good transfers, you know, and Cam Holden and Terry Nolan. And when you hit on transfers at this level, it could push in a position to to be really good. And and they they hit just like we hit. So looking forward to a, a good game. We know how tough and physical a Towers team always um is. Um and this year is no different. So we, we know it's gonna be a battle and we're up for the challenge. Um, you guys are one of the most talented teams in the CAA, and obviously you guys were able to win the CAA um, in 2020. What do you think your group is going to have to do to get back to the tournament um, and, and, and cut down nets in March? Um, I think it's going to be our consistency of toughness. Um, we have to come out every game, no matter who we play, 
and bring that same kind of toughness and energy and effort. And if we do that, um, we're pretty hard to beat. Um, but, you know, sometimes we, we play down to the level of competition. Um, but hopefully now that we're in conference play, we, we won't be doing that anymore. And they'll respect everybody. And they'll, they'll do what we, it, what we need to, to what it needs to take, what, what we need to do to win games. Obviously, we, we don't want to take too much of your time, Coach, but uh, obviously, uh, just want to get your quick thoughts on a quick NBA note, obviously, as, as an NBA veteran. Uh, obviously, LeBron James is on a crazy tear right now in the NBA, man, at 37, year 19 in the league. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on what he's been able to do, you know, uh, this season? Do you think he should be in the MVP combo? Obviously, KD and Steph have been you know, having an amazing season there. What, kind of, uh, what, is, what is, your, is your take on what he's doing right now in the NBA? LeBron is always going to be another conversation of MVP. But what he's doing right now at this age, I mean, it just it just shows his his will to win. Um, any team that he's on is going to be competing for a championship, and you know he's going to put those guys on his back, and you know he's going to try to get the most out of them. But what he's doing right now is just unbelievable. But I'm not surprised at all. I mean, he's one of the greatest. He's one of the greatest players to ever played the game. But is he the GOAT? No, Michael Jordan's the GOAT. I'm not going to go that far. That's what I said. That's what I said. That's what I said. One. One of them. Hey, great answer, man. Great answer. <laughs> and and we, we, we wouldn't expect anything less from a man uh, of your wisdom uh, on, on, on the auto bid, man. But I uh, definitely want to thank you. Obviously, um, Drew over here is, is a LeBron GOAT guy, but, you know, <laughs> you know. The GOAT. That's the reason why I'm the brand of, of this operation over here. Man. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, man, we want to thank you for coming on today, man, and best of luck tomorrow. I'll, I'll be in the building, man, and definitely uh, good luck to you guys the rest of the way. All right, thanks, fellas. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. All right. All righty, guys. That was head coach Speedy Claxton. Man, want to thank him for his time. Obviously, it was the second time here on the on the auto bid uh, with me and Andrew. Man, I'm glad that he's you know always you know able to drop some jam, drop some knowledge, man, and and, and tell Drew that Jordan is the goat, man. Because even though LeBron is it's in the absolutely legendary stretch, man, I, I will give 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 uh, LeBron his flowers, man. Because what he's doing right now is absurd. Me and Drew were talking about this off the air out there playing with the two and squad right now. I mean, that, that that box score last night was very very disrespectful for the Lakers, man. But you know, Jordan. If the GOAT, there's only one GOAT, you know what I'm saying? LeBron is the greatest of this generation, but LeBron, but uh, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. So I thank Speedy Claxton for, for getting that through uh, Drew's thick skull, man, and definitely, you know, want to thank him again for coming on. Yeah, I mean, you know, Speedy's a guy who, you know, played played in that generation, you know, that, that Jordan brainwashed generation, you know what I'm saying? So I won't hold it against him. You know, I, I won't expect Coach to say anything less, man, but, you know, I, I, I think it's clear, man, that LeBron's the greatest player ever, you know, on the run that he's on right now, man. He just became the oldest player in NBA history to average 30 points per game in a calendar month. And then in that same breath, like a week before that, became the youngest player in NBA history to reach 37,000 points. I mean, when you're the oldest ever to do something and then the youngest ever to do something within a, a week of each other, man, that makes you the GOAT, man. Not to mention averaging 28 points per game, second in the league in scoring in year 19. I'm saying again, he's second in the league in scoring in year 19. He had 35 last night. I mean, he's had about, I think, 10 or 11 straight games scoring 30. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think it's clear, man, that, that he's the greatest of all time. I and mean, look at 
LeBron's last 10 games, I mean, 31, 14, and 6, 34, 7, 36, and 9, 39, 9, and 7, 32, 10, and 11, 37, 13, and 7, 43, 14, and 4, 26, 7, and 5, 31, 5, and 5, 32, 8, and 9. And then last night, he pushed 30, 35 special up on the young boys on the Grizzlies. And then, like you like Ace mentioned, man, the, the, the tune squad wasn't able to kind of contribute to anything else, man. It's honestly a charity, man, what's going on with the Lakers right now, man. And, and Russell Westbrook shooting the ball the side of the backboard. Once again, you know what I'm saying, two for 12, six points. I mean, it's not what you're making all that money for, man. It's not what, what Lakers envision, man, with this mob, man. And I'm, I'm sad, you know, because they're wasting my man Bronze. I wouldn't say prime, because he, I mean, shoot, this could be defined as prime, man, but it went to my man Bron, good years, man. All the bucket he's he doing out there, man, putting his team on his back, man. They wasted it, man. They wasted it, man. AD hurt. She's man shooting their knee brace. He can get that on the court. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, man, sad to see, man. But like I said, man, Bron's the goat in my eyes, man. And every time I watch him play, man, I put my eyes on, on the TV screen and watch what he's doing, confirms it more and more every time. Hey man, listen. You know what I'm saying. We 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 all you know what I'm saying have, have opinions. You know say I won't fault you for yours, even though it's incorrect. You know what I'm saying. Even though you know I mean you have had this debate half of our lives. It feels like you know what I'm saying. Probably more. Honestly, we're 25 years old. We've probably been debating this for more than half of our lives. Honestly, you know what I'm saying. And we'll probably be debating it for the rest of our lives, man. And and, and uh, that's okay, you know. But you know, five, uh, five, nine, and seven, 14 for 19 from the field, three for four from three. Year 19. Mic drop. Hey man, I respect it, man, and, and I, I do feel for Fifth Brown, man. You know, I, I think I think you know, you know, Drew, you you know me, man. I, I'm I'm harder on Brown than anybody, man. But I look at them box scores. I'm just like, man. <laughs> It's really comical, but it's really it's, it's really laughable. It's it's it's, it's, it's hurtful. Man. I'm like, damn, bro. I I really I really feel bro pain. You walk in the locker room and you shake your head like. I can't believe this. But nonetheless, man, um, it's time for our favorite segment of the week, man. The craziest thing we saw, man. I, and, and even though that box score was crazy, that was not the craziest thing that we saw this week, man. So, Drew, what was the crazy thing that you saw this week? Yeah, man, I'm bringing it back to Princeton, man. And shout out to Matt Aloko, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right, man, who uh, hit the game winning for Princeton, man. And and then the game was absolutely, you know, needed to needed to win, obviously, without without Jalen Llewellyn, man. You know, Cornell gets a bucket with about four seconds left to put them up one. Princeton drives up the court, doesn't call a timeout, man. And Loco absolutely, you know, drills a, a three-pointer to give them a two-point win over Cornell, man, in dramatic fashion. You know, they, they overcame an 18-point second-half deficit in this one. And again, like I said, they were out their best player, Jalen Llewellyn, man. So, you know, shout-out to Matt Loco, man, for being able to kind of step up in the clutch when it matters most, when his team needed him the most. You know, Bron could probably use you out there with the Lakers, you know what I'm saying, the way the way, you know, the way the box scores are looking, man. But, you know, that was definitely uh, one of the craziest things that I saw, man. So, you know, shout out to the Princeton Tigers, man. Seven game win streak, getting it done when it mattered. Yeah, man. And I'm glad you brought the basketball takes, man, because definitely that that that, that definitely was very crazy, man. So definitely shout out uh, to those guys over there at Princeton, man. The crazy thing that I saw happen last night on Saturday Night Football. I mean, I, yeah, I, I I, I, I obviously was sleeping over here in Portugal time, but I woke up and everybody was talking about Brandon Staley did this, Brandon Staley did that. Like, what's the beef? What, what happened? Drew, Drew, Drew. This game, Drew, was absolutely absurd. Like, first of all, Justin Herbert, my fantasy QB, won me a fantasy title last night. So shout out to Justin Herbert for that, man. I love you, brother. 
You, you, you were an absolute warrior. And it pained me to my core that we're going to have to watch Big Ben Roethlisberger limp his way through the postseason instead of you, man. And, I, and that, that pains me more than anything as a Ravens fan. We almost, we almost completed the job. I mean, all freaking uh, they had to, the Ravens and Chargers had to do was tie. And we could have kept Pittsburgh out of the postseason. But, nope, Derek Carr and them boys ran steady. He wanted to call a timeout, you know what I'm saying? And now, you know what I'm saying, the Oakland Raiders were able to kick a field goal, man, and, 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 and end the game. And, and, uh, How do you call timeout, though? So, so, so it, obviously, like I said, they're, they're going into the game and it is a tie. If the game is in a tie, both teams go to the playoffs. But, obviously, the Raiders wanted to win. Like, Derek Carr said after the game, the interview, like, yo, we, we – like, we were trying to win the game. We were never thinking about time. Like our whole objective was to win the game. So I don't think at the timeout necessarily mattered as much. It was a third down play, and the clock was winding down. So Oakland, Oakland was not in no rush, obviously, because they're marching down the field. They're in field goal range. They're like, they're marching. They're like, we about to run this to, to, the, to the zeros, kick the field goal. But it's a third down. I think they were on like maybe like the 40-yard line or so. And um, obviously, if you don't get the first down there, you're kicking like a 50-something-yard field goal or whatever I, I think it was. So Staley – Cause timeout. I think he wanted to give his defense a breather, kind of, because they had been obviously going marching down the field for like a minute or so. So I think they, they were tired. So he caused timeout, and um, now it's like third down and three or whatever. Josh Jacobs runs for a first down, and now you get a new set of downs, and now it's like it's over with. Like they're kicking the field goal, like you know what I'm saying, and the game's over. So people were saying that he shouldn't, that he should have let the clock run down and let, him, and, and let Oakland kind of kick it from where they were at. Um, but nonetheless, like, they, they, even, even if he didn't call the timeout, they might have converted the first down anyways, and they were already in field goal range. They were going to kick, kick it regardless. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not really – I mean, there were some questionable decisions made for sure. But the crazy thing, in my opinion, was Justin Herbert. This man last night was 6-for-6 six for, six for 106 yards and a touchdown on fourth down. Like, them, them dudes, the amount of fourth downs that this man converted was absolutely – Ridiculous. The Chargers were the first team in the last 30 years to convert six fourth-down conversions in a single game. Like, I ain't talking about no, like, fourth and one, fourth and two. No, like, fourth and eight, fourth and nine, fourth and ten. This dude is, is completing passes, like, on a regular basis, bro. Like, it was absolutely unbelievable. He had a 158.3 perfect passer rating on fourth down versus the Raiders last night. Like I said, he was six, six for six on the fourth down, man. It was absolutely Unbelievable what, what he was able to do last night. Um, that dude, I think, is, 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 on his, is on a fast track to start him. I think it's time we start putting him up in the upper echelon. He's not Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Um, but he's right, he's right there with, um, with those quarterbacks, man. I mean, this dude, the way he can throw the ball, his poise. I mean, this dude doesn't, doesn't flinch. I mean, like, if, if you were going against him last night, Drew, you probably would have had a heart attack with the amount of conversions. The amount of times you converted on fourth and long. Like, with the game one in the line, like, oh, season, yeah, season one in the line. Like, 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 if you, I think I saw one who was, like, fourth and 21 or something like that. Bro, unbelievable, bro. Like, this dude, like, season one, like, obviously they lose, like, fourth and down, fourth quarter, you lose, season's over. First down, like, six different times. It was, it was absolutely unbelievable to watch, man. And, and it, it broke my heart, man, to see, to see them lose that game, man, because um, obviously that was one that, was one that um, you know, you would love, you would love to see, um, obviously, end in, a, um, end, in, end in a tie, in my opinion, man, for, for freaking Pittsburgh to stay at home. Because I want to see Big Ben and the Steelers in the playoffs. That's what I was gonna say because I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a, I was a 
you know, box score, you know, clip reader this morning trying to figure out what happened. And I listened to Dominic Foxworth, and he basically said that, one, that Brandon Saley, I guess, soiled the, the game. But he said that the Oakland Raiders were content with the tie. He said that, 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 that like, he basically said that they were content with the tie. They were going to let the clock run out. And because they were going to the playoffs, you know, regardless if, if you know, either they were, were going to tie or win. So the thought question was that if you risk kicking it, first of all, like, you, obviously, you don't want to have the Auburn Alabama play where you miss it, they run it back for a touchdown. You don't want to get yeah. it blocked and they scoop and score. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to botch the, the, the snap and, and you fumble it and they score or something like that. So that was the thought process behind not kicking it. But Derek Carson, after the game, like, they were 100% trying to win the game. So I don't know if that's just quarterback talk or – or what he said, he he seemed thin. He was like, "Yo, like we were gonna kick the field regardless. Like we were, we were, we wanted to win. Like we be wanting to send them home. Like like we took pride in ending the season. So they were, they were. That's what Derek Carr said after the game. So I don't know, you know, maybe he that's his quarterback talk, or they really were trying to win the game or not. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, my mind, like, dang, well, the Raiders were good, were, were, were were getting ready to, you know, walk into the playoffs, tie, cool. Then I mean, Brandon Staley definitely did, you know, soil that 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 game for the Chargers, man, and soil the United States of America. An opportunity from seeing Justin Herbert in the postseason, which I think is what we all wanted. No, for sure, man. Definitely a tragedy of the highest order, man. So now we got to sit through Big Ben and, and him as they go to go to Arrowhead and get absolutely dog walked by Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs this weekend. Man. But hey, man, if I get to watch uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Steelers get absolutely throttled, I can't see this weekend. Nothing, uh, um, nothing will make me happier, man. So definitely, you know, we'll, definitely as a Ravens fan, I, I'll have some uh, some solace. Uh, in, in watching that, man. Also, I want to shout out Mike Tyler, man, black head coach. Uh, never had a losing season in Pittsburgh, man. As much as I hate the Steelers, Mike Tomlin has done a hell of a job at the helm in Pittsburgh. I want to say it's like 15 straight years. I could be, I could be wrong in the math, but he hasn't had a losing season there at Pittsburgh. So kudos to Mike, to Mike Tomlin, man. Shout out my guy, black, black excellence over there in Pittsburgh, man. But there's a ton of games that we want to get you guys ready for this weekend, man. And this is going to be an absolutely loaded slate of games. Obviously, we mentioned a head coach Speedy Claxton in his Hofstra Proud are going to travel to Towson on Tuesday, 5 p.m. to play Towson. Uh, that, that's going to be a very good game in the CAA. Both of those teams are um, obviously toward the top of the stands in the CAA. They're both at one and one right now. Um, both have looked good through non conference play. That should be an extremely fun game Tuesday night at 5 p.m. in Baltimore, man. Also, Stony Brook is going to travel to Vermont. Uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m., and obviously those are two of the best teams in the American East, the top two teams in, in, in the conference right now, man. They're going to battle it out. Obviously, Vermont is a extremely hard place to play, man. So, Stony Brook is going to have their hands full going there um, and, and playing them Wednesday at 7 p.m. Also on Wednesday, man, they're going to watch the game Wednesday. Uh, they're going to get Utah State at Colorado State Wednesday at 8 p.m., and both of these teams are two of the best teams in the Mountain West. Obviously, Colorado State coming off that loss to San Diego State. They're going to be looking to rebound. Utah State uh, also um, – you know, has, has been been up and down this season, man. I'm pretty sure they, they took a loss. I want to say the Air Force um, earlier, I think, I think last week, they, they lost. So they're going to be looking to kind of get back get back on the right side of things here as they travel to Fort Collins, Colorado, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Then we go to Thursday, man. We're going to get an absolute clash in the Horizon League between Oakland. They're going to travel to Cleveland State, man, Thursday at 7 p.m. Both of those teams are undefeated in the Horizon League, 6-0. Um, I, believe, I believe Oakland is 6-0 and Cleveland State is 5-0. I might have that backwards, so don't quote me on that. But um, both undefeated in the, in the Horizon League, man. Two of the best teams in the league. Um, that's going to be a great game out of the Horizon League Thursday at 7 p.m. Also Thursday at 9 p.m., we're going to get some whack action. Abilene Christian at Grand Canyon, the defending champions uh, out of that league in, in Abilene Christian. Obviously, Grand Canyon, who's in the tournament last year as well. Um, they, 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 but obviously, I think they were in the Southland 
uh, last year. I could, or maybe Abilene was in the Southland, and they went over the to the... was in the WAC. They were the WAC The Canyons won the WAC, and Abilene won the Southland. Obviously, two two tournament teams last year are not both both in the WAC, uh, but they're going to travel to Grand Canyon on uh, Thursday at 9 p.m. It's going to be a very good game, uh, obviously, out of that league. And again, BYU-Gonzaga, Thursday at 11 p.m. Um, that's going to be a great game out of the WCC, obviously. Um, BYU is, is going to be looking to steal, steal a great win. Obviously, in Spokane is going to be tough. You know, probably not a game that, that, that they win, but if they can steal one, that would be great for BYU. Then we're going to get Manhattan at Iona, man, arguably the best rivalry in the MAC. Man, it's going to be an ESPNU game Friday at 7 p.m., and both of those teams have been great this season, man. Obviously, I think Manhattan probably be the third best team in the MAC, probably. Uh, behind Iona and Monmouth, man. That rivalry never disappoints. Steve Masiello going up against his former boss, Rick Pitino. Uh, that game was always a lot of fun, man. So Friday, 7 p.m., ESPNU. Make sure you tune your TVs to that game, man. And Saturday, got loaded slate, man. A bunch of games. Furman is going to travel to Chattanooga Saturday at 3 p.m. That's going to be an awesome game out of the SOCOM, man. Those are probably the two best teams in the SOCOM, man. Obviously, two, two great coaches, man. Chattanooga. Um, it's been off to a great start in non-conference. Furman got some good wins as well. Um, Bob Ritchie going to have that team ready to go Saturday at 3 p.m. Furman at Chattanooga. We're going to get Murray State and Belmont, the class of the OVC, Saturday at 5 p.m. Man, Murray State is going to travel to Belmont. That's going to be an absolutely outstanding game in, in the OVC, man. Two of the best teams, two of the most successful teams out of, out of the OVC uh, in, 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 you know, the last decade or so, man. And that, so definitely looking forward to that game. Saturday at 5 p.m. 9 p.m. on Saturday, going to get Wyoming at Utah State. Obviously, two, two great teams in the Mountain West. Um, obviously, Wyoming has, has had a great, you know, surprising start to the year, not, not conference-wise. Utah State as well. We mentioned them. Obviously, having a big big week with them playing Colorado State as well. Um, also going to get BYU-San Francisco Saturday at 11 p.m. Another huge game out of WCC. San Fran coming off that loss to Chicago. BYU was a huge week, obviously. They, they just played St. Mary's. Going to get Gonzaga. And also going to get San Francisco, man. So, um, huge week for them. Then we're going to close it out Monday, man, at Burr Gymnasium. Notre Dame is traveling to Howard Monday at 2.30 p.m. I will be in the building for that one. Definitely looking forward to that game, man, Monday. Um, Gus Johnson, I believe, is going to be on that call. The legend, the Howard grad, is going to, I believe going to have that call. I believe that game is going to be on, on FS1 uh, Fox Sports. So, definitely going to be able to watch that one. Um, Monday at 2.30 p.m., man. So a lot of games to look forward to this week, man. A lot of action, man. But, you know, uh, definitely some, some huge games, some huge conference matchups coming this weekend. Definitely looking forward to getting out to, to a few of these games. Shoot, man. I mean, I, I can't even tell you, man, how, how excited I am for this weekend. I mean, Gonzaga, BYU, huge WCC matchup, man. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, BYU kind of kind of steal one against Gonzaga, man. Like you said, it's going to be tough, man. But, I mean, shoot, man. Hatton, Iona got the Mac rivalry. Furman, Chattanooga is going to be a crazy game. Belmont, Murray State might arguably be – might be one of the top billing games in that one, man. Um, and, I mean, yeah, man, it's definitely going to be a, a huge week, man. Shout out to Mike Bray, you know. Obviously, um, a DMV guy, the Matt, the guy, um, doing, doing Coach Blakeney a uh, favor, man, coming down to, you know, Howard and playing this game, man. Obviously, those, those the Matt, the roots, you know, the Matt, the connections with Coach Blakeney and Coach Bray uh, run deep. You know, obviously, Notre Dame has, has a apprentice uh, hub, you know, a guy from, who's – you know, a former Gonzaga alum from down here in, in, in the DMV area, man, has recruited the area extensively. Obviously, you know, Jerry and Grant uh, played there and a bunch of other DMV guys, man, over the years, man. And, um, you know, Howard's no slouch. You know, I'm not saying that, that they're going to go in and, and win this game, but 
I know that, 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 that they're going to compete. I know that you know, they're going to play hard, man. And I think that, that this game is it's probably going to be closer than a lot of people think, man. Oh, the guy Miles from, from, from the farm is going to be out there on the mic, you know what I'm saying, Notre Dame, man, you know, they might not be used to that bump, you know what I'm saying? Got, 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 got that, you know, got the band playing up in Howard. The gym's going to be loud. It's probably going to be hot in there. I know the gym's going to be packed. So, man, I mean, I'm definitely um, looking forward, man, to, to to seeing, you know, how that game plays out, man. I know how he's going to compete, man. And, uh, shoot, man, I will say this right now, man. If Notre Dame lose to Howard, man, the ACC is going to be through, man. I mean, shoot, we may as well just pack up the ACC until next year. I mean, Jesus Christ. Hey, man, Notre Dame is currently 3-1 and one in the ACC, man. So, they're on the better half of the of, of 500 right now. But I will say, I know we Kentucky as well. We went over Kentucky. Well, they went over Kentucky, man. And so, you know, hey. Don't count, count out the, the Irishmen, man. They're, they're now 3-1 and one in the ACC, man. Currently 9-5 overall. Wouldn't say they're on the at-large bubble, you know, yet. But if they lose to Howard, they can knock themselves right off of that bubble. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. I mean, that is a game that you absolutely cannot lose. And I'll tell you, man, that, that, that it's Howard. This game is not going to be a blowout. I mean, I, 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 I've seen Howard now twice a year. I saw them versus Georgetown. A game they only lost by 12 points uh, at Georgetown. And then I seen them obviously earlier in the year versus Austin P at home. I know this game is, is, it should be a, it should be packed. I mean, I mean it's a two thirty game. Hopefully, that students out of practice. I mean, uh, out of class. Excuse me on Monday. Um, you know, for for Notre Dame to come down there, man. But you know, Howard's talented, man. Elijah Hawkins is an extremely talented freshman. We mentioned the math. Obviously, he's another guy with the math the roots. Freshman, he's currently averaging just under thirteen points a game. Seven assists, uh, four rebounds, man, for, for, for Howard, man. He's a great point guard, extremely talented. Obviously, Kyle Foster can shoot the lights out, man. He had uh, – I, I want to say he had 30 versus Georgetown in that game that, that I went to, man. He was – 26 points, eight rebounds versus Georgetown, man, and um, shoot, the, shoot the cover off the ball um, for Howard, man. And they're, they're a team that, that, that can surprise some folks, man. So, um, obviously, also Steve Settle, former DeMatha guy as well. Um, and then obviously Tate Babs and Randall Brumont too came from Columbia who came with, with um, Coach Blakeney and Howard, man. So, and obviously, he's going to be at home. He's going to be at Burr in D.C., man. And Miles wasn't at the last game that I was at at Austin P, man. So, I hope he's in the building for this one, man, so we can get some good vibes over there over there at Howard, man. But definitely going to be going to make a good one, man. Get your popcorn ready. Get your, get your channels tuned to Fox uh, Monday, 2.30 p.m., man. I don't think I think we're doing nothing, man. You know, uh, maybe working a little, a little um, nine to five, man. But you know, what I'm hopefully, you know, set up a little, a little laptop. You know, what I'm saying, and tune in. That definitely going to be a good game down there in DC. Yeah, man. For for all my modes, you know, what I'm saying, around the way, man. Get you four wings, fries in the mix, some mumbo sauce. Pump the bird, man. Get that joint rocking in there, man. For for that little dang game, man. You know, what I'm saying, make them make them feel the city for that one. You know, what I'm saying, man. Like, I, while we're talking about Howard, definitely also got to mention, man, a guy with me and uh, Ace played against. Uh, when we were at Coppin State, Wayne Bristol Jr. just announced he's coming to, to, to Georgetown. Um, a guy who shot 40% from three, uh, was a MEAC rookie of the year a couple years ago, averaged uh, just above 12 points per game, man. Uh, so Georgetown's going to be adding another local kid, uh, sharpshooter with some size, man. So obviously he hasn't played, you know, this year. Then Howard opted out of the season essentially last year. So haven't seen him in two years, man. So I'm assuming that I guess he'll be back. You know, next year uh, for Georgetown, I'm assuming he'll, he'll be able to suit up and, and play, man. But, um, you know, Patrick Union is going to be able to add some shooting uh, to the roster uh, next year. Sure, man. Definitely a good pickup for Georgetown, man. It's good to see some some area guys kind of staying home. Obviously, we see R.J. Cole, who was a Howard Gray. He's killing it up at UConn, man. So hopefully, you know, you know the, the beast, you know, can track, can, can, uh, track again with another Howard transfer, man, at, at Georgetown, man. It's definitely interesting to see how, um, how he does up there. And I'm sure that he'll – 
he'll do his thing, man, for sure, man. But this has been another episode of the Auto Bid, man. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, man. Definitely was a lot of action to, to, to catch up on, a lot of action to look forward to, man. Again, thanks to Coach Speedy Claxton for coming on today, man. And definitely want to want to uh, want to thank him. And we got a big interview coming for you guys later on this week, man. So make sure you guys you guys have your notifications on uh, for for all fact media. I won't spoil it yet, man. But we we, we have a great interview coming for you guys later on this week, man. So definitely stay tuned uh, for that. Dropping soon, man. As always. Make sure you guys are giving us a like, giving us a rating, you know, on Spotify, on Apple Music, man. Tune into our content. Wherever you listen to it, man, Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Give us a retweet on Twitter, man, a like. Uh, tell a friend, tell a friend about the auto bin, man, because it goes a long way, man. We really appreciate all you guys that are tuning in to our content, man. And last but not least, my guy, Pull Up Tay. If you guys are streaming his music, man, his new project, Why Stop Now, is out everywhere, man. So make sure you guys are tuning in. To his music, man, and until next time, man, it's gonna be him on the outro. Been another episode of the Auto Bid. You beating on me? It's time to get a check, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You beating on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talk about? Take your best shot. I'ma take the last shot. I'm drawing the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.